10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Happy New Year! We here at Spark and Review Podcast want to wish you all a very happy 2020. Hope it's a year filled with happiness, wisdom, and joy. Now that that's out of the way, remember this podcast contains adult language, mature situations, survivor of the Russo-Japanese War, the Ainu people, tattoos that are actually treasure maps, and corrupt government employees. Listener discretion is advised. Spark and Mind Review, episode 349, Golden Kamui. Happy New Year! Hello and welcome to the first episode of the Spark and Mind Review for the year 2020. This is your host, Zan, saying konnichiwa, aloha, bonjourno, and what's up? I hope you all had a great New Year's Eve. Hope it was a blast, hope it was safe, and most importantly, hope you did something constructive and fun. If you didn't, well, it's all good because, well, it's a new year, new things, new resolutions, and new fun things to do. And since I started this podcast in 2008, I've been trying to push it forward and kicking ass and releasing podcasts and doing so much more. So here are my goals for this year. I'm going to let you guys know. First off, I'm going to be releasing more regularly. No more of this. Maybe I'm a week behind and I release it on time. No, we're doing that. Two, I'm going to be releasing more of our various other podcasts that are not just a movie review and a manga review and con review. We're going to be releasing some of our game reviews and... We're going to be doing more of Zan's Extraordinary Superhero Examination. We're going to have more of that. And we're going to have more of Spyrokin's Bookshelf. We're talking more about some books. So stay tuned for that. Besides that, I plan to be at a couple more conventions. I'm excited for what's to come in the future. Also, I'm working on a secret project that will be revealed by next month. And it's something kind of important to me, to the podcast, and just everything in general. Let me know what you guys think when I reveal it or what you guys think this secret project is. I'll give you a hint. It has something to do with Anime Boston. That's all I'm going to say for now. So, and on another note, let me know what you guys are up to. What your plans, your goals, your resolution. I mean, besides reading more manga, which is always an awesome goal. You always want to read more manga, watch more anime, do a lot more. And that's what we need to do to make this life awesome. Because, gambare, right? Go for it. Kick ass. So... If you're joining us for the first time and you are joining us, welcome. Sparkin is a podcast that provides informative reviews about connectedly enhanced narratives. What the hell does that mean? Well, pretty much what it means is every episode we talk about one to two geeky properties. Since it's the manga review, obviously we talk about mangas and we tell you the pros and cons about it. How the art style is, the characters are, the overarching plot, what is different about the manga and what makes it unique or what makes it terrible. The pros, cons, and if it's worth investing your time in or not. You have to agree with anything that I and my co-hosts say, but we try to be educational, enlightening, exciting, and most importantly, entertaining. You can listen to any of our earlier episodes at www.spirakin, that's S-P-I-R-A-K-N.com. We're also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Tumblr, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and various other social media sites. Just type in Spirakin, I guarantee you'll find us. Follow us. Like us, message us, comment in the show notes if you're watching. If you are listening to us on YouTube, let us know what you think. We're going to have some more video content this year. That's another goal for this year as well. Let us know what you think. And if you have a personal comment or concern, you can direct message me at Twitter, at Spirekin, or you can email me personally at Zan, that's X-A-N, at Spirekin.com. So now that that's out of the way, let's get to the thing of the episode, which we usually do, which is the new releases for the week. What came out this week? Well, 
the exact same titles as we talked about last episode because that was yesterday, the day of our releases, because every Tuesday new mangas are released. Wednesday generally animes are released. Tuesdays are manga releases. And I gotta say, the year went out with a little bit of a whimper with only four titles, but you had one really good series on there, which is What Did You Eat Yesterday, Volume 14, series which is but on the wheel of manga, we're going to spin in and get it eventually, but it's an engaging story about love, food, and relationships done artistically and realistically and not about the, oh, it's going to be all about passion. No, it's about having a relationship, and I do enjoy that. So now that that is out of the way, let's get to the actual review of the episode. That's what most of you clicked in on anyway and want to hear about, and this one kind of strokes my history buff geekdom a little bit. And why is that? Well, because it takes place after an actual event. But this manga, which I spun on the Wheel of Manga, was written by Satoru Noda and published by Shuisha, meaning it's brought over here by, yes, Viz Media. It is a Senate series, originally came out 2014, still coming out. There are 20 volumes. It is a Young Jump series that is considered a adventure, historical, Japanese-style Western series. There's an anime adaptation, and I've got to say, it is one which is a little, I want to say Brewster's Millennium a little bit. The manga that we're talking about is Golden Kamui. I know. Didn't do all the theatrics, just got right into it. Because this one is one which is super crazy. Now, how to explain Golden Kamui in one sentence? Simple. A veteran of a war and a member of a long-dead tribe of Japanese people work together to find a bunch of tattooed guys to get a treasure. Sounds insane, right? Well, to go further into it, our main character's name is Sachi Sagamoto, and he's a veteran of the Battle of the 201 Hill in the Russo-Japanese War. Now, to get into a little bit of my history buff geek a little bit, so Zan is putting on his history cap and going to explain to you all about the Russo-Japanese War. So this is one of the longest and most violent wars in Japanese history, and it was... Around 1904 to 1905, so roughly 115 years ago, give or take. And it was between, obviously, as you know the name, the Empire of Japan and the Russian Empire. And they're having kind of this issue. They're trying to carve up pieces of Korea and Manchuria because they're both ambitious countries. And they came into conflict with each other. We're trying to take over bits and pieces for a year. Now, like I said, this is kind of a horrific war. We're not going to go over all of it because this manga takes place specifically a couple years after this war and the thing which makes our main character Saichi Sagamoto so important is he was a veteran of the Battle of 203 Hill. Now this is also a subsection of the Siege of Port Arthur. Now Port Arthur was considered one of the most strongly fortified positions in the world. Still kind of considered that because it's such an insane spot. And 203 Hill, or 203 Meter Hill, is the highest elevation within Port Arthur. So it has the best vantage point, and it was a Russian defensive position. They didn't need to fortify anything, but they did because they were crazy. Also, fun little fact, uh, 203 Meter Hill is kind of a misnomer. There's actually two peaks, so it's two mountains connected, which is kind of cool. So you have their whole thing. And this battle that happened started on November 28th, at 8.30 a.m. And you had Japanese troops assaulting up both the sides of 203 Meter Hill in Agasakiyama. 
and this war was crazy. Now this is World War before World War One. So you had tanks, you had barbed wire, Garrett, and there were severe losses. I mean, the Japanese won. However, they lost eight thousand people, and it was just really a costful battle. On the other hand. Uh, one of the worst parts about it is that Nogi, the general, one of the things that he found out was is that his surviving son, his last son who was alive, died during the final assault. So that's really fucked up. And the Russians who were controlled, they kept around 1,500 guys on there at any one time. So this was constantly maintained by 1,500 soldiers, kept pumping them on there, trying to make sure the Japanese didn't take this hill. They lost over 6,000 men. So they lost 2,000 men less than the Japanese. So this was a brutal and horrific fight that, well, our main character survived it. So he's got a little bit of PTSD. And since then, he's been decommissioned and he's decided to kind of retire. More importantly than that, his best friend in the army had a wife. And he loved her. His friend, Taraji, loved his wife and wanted to get money to provide for her. And he died in Sajimoto's arms. This is one of the reasons why Sajimoto's nickname is the immortal Sajimoto. Because he's super savage, amazingly tough, like the best badass person possible in the first division of the Imperial Japanese Army. And he's a private. So he's pretty kick-ass. He's the Fujimi no Sakamoto. And his best friend died in his hands. So what he's going to do is support this widow who he's kind of fallen a little bit in love with for reasons. So he ends up looking for jobs. He ends up working in Hokkaido panning for gold. Not a great job, but he's kind of conned into it. And a lot of the gold has now been taken out. And it just sucks. It's all completely gone. Thousands of prospects have been there. And, you know, they had a gold rush in Japan. So he's still kind of looking. He doesn't know what to do and he's just depressed by this because he's like they told him you can get as much gold as you can carry and there's nothing and he ends up meeting this old drunk guy who's also prospecting who's talking to him about it he's like hey what you're you were a soldier why don't you go back into the war and he's like yeah no i'm well one i'm sick and tired of the killing and two even if i wanted to go back into the military i can't because i was dishonorably discharged for almost killing my superior officer because he pissed me off so so i'm kind of stuck doing this and i'm going to just you know enjoy this not retirement just try to support and be a good person and the old man's listening and he's like you know what i like a kid and i take a shine to you so you want to hear an interesting story but it's just between you and me our little secret okay it's about a big pile of gold you can't tell anybody so back during the gold rush a group of i knew now, for those who don't know, Ainu are the indigenous people of Japan, similar to Native Americans, a lot of social stuff, but anyway. So, they wanted to fight back against the Japanese that had stolen their lands and forbidden fishing and hunting and the old way of things. So, they hoarded up a great pile of gold. Huge amount of gold. However, one of their own stole it all, killed all the guards, and ran for it. And this pile of gold... Is 75 kilograms. That's worth 
80,000 yen, which if we look at modern times, that's 800 million yen or $8 million in gold. And he's like, when fleeing from the police, the man hid the gold somewhere in Hokkaido. We don't know where. However, he was got caught before he could tell anybody where his spot is. They toss him into prison, sentence him to death, where he's going to live out the rest of his life. However, the man had friends on the outside, and he tried to tell his friends about the gold, but he couldn't write a letter. The guards want the gold. They want to find out where it is, and he had an idea. A brilliant idea. Simple, easy. Took a bunch of criminals, and he tattooed the message on their bodies. How cool is that? It's like, look, all of you break out of here, I'll meet you, and I'll split half the gold with anyone who escapes. However, the prison got wise of this, so they took a bunch of the guys with the tattoos, took them out of the woods, and they are going to have them show where the gold is. Tricked them. However, the prisoners overpowered the guards and vanished. So, no one knows what happened, but they disappeared. No one knows, they just disappeared, no one caught them, the gold poofed, and the drunk guy falls asleep. So... And so, Sagamoto muses upon this, thinks about his life and where everything went wrong, and how he promised Taraji to take care of Umeko. You know, his wife wanted to take care and be a good guy, and he has to do that because he wants to be a good friend. And as he's just relaxing, he hears a noise. It's the old man. He's sobered up. He's like, I said too much. And it becomes a huge fight. The old man tries to kill him, and obviously because he's still a soldier, Sajimoto beats the hell out of him. He doesn't want to kill this old man, but he wants to know what the hell's going on. Why did this guy try to kill him? But the old man freaks out, runs away, and he's like, wait, this this is about that stupid story? It was fake, right? But why would he, unless it's, I gotta find out what's going on. So he ends up running after him. Runs to the woods, looking for him, looking for him for a couple hours, and then he finds him, buried in the snow in a mound. And around him, bare footprints. Pulls him out of the mound. His guts have been eaten. And on his back, tattoo. Turns out the old man was one of the people who was involved in this gold scam. And he's got to save him, get the information. And because this guy's a clue, and he's got to fight him. However, there's a problem. He's stealing the lunch of a bear. So this bear is coming to kill him. And it's a fight between him and a bear. A giant black bear. And who comes to save him? But a little girl. Someone dressed in old school clothes. We're talking about a member of the Ainu. And this girl is just there. She's a hunter from the Ainu clan. And she uses old school stuff like poisons. She saves his life. They become acquainted, and then they decide to work together after a huge involvement of a crazy bear that's trying to kill them because the bear wants to eat the human. And apparently, Kaido brown bears are gigantic, which is weird and crazy. I'm intrigued by this, though, because it's like the bear that they first killed was not actually the bad bear. There's another bear who's more evil and crazy and wants to kill them all. And so this becomes a search for these soldiers to get the map. And it's Sagamoto and this young Ainu hunter girl, Asrup. 
Aserpa. Sorry. Her name is Aserpa. It's kind of hard to read her name. It's a little weird. But Aserpa is a girl who is just agreeing to help him to find the gold. An Avenger father who we aren't led to believe is one of the guards of the gold. So they're going to work together to find this gold. However, there's a couple of obstacles. One, uh, Aspera, Aspera doesn't want to kill anybody. So what she's going to do instead is whenever they catch a guy, they're going to tie him up. And she's going to draw the map onto pieces of paper. And then they're going to just like kind of map it out. Kind of noble, but crazy because reasons. And they do find out that the tattoos are designed in a way where if the person who was looking for them got them all together, there's no way they could survive the tattoos being removed. So they're designed so these guys are just sacrificial slaves for this map. Um, so that's the first obstacle is they don't want to kill anybody, which is going to be kind of hard because all these guys are horrible criminals. And they're not going to go willingly. I mean, one of them ends up becoming their friend. The first one they capture after the old man is an escape artist who constantly escaped, but he ends up becoming friends with uh, Sajimoto because of, well, a hilarious fight that ensues where they're both trying to one-up each other, they fall into a river, and they're going to freeze to death unless they work together, and then they end up becoming kind of friends in a weird sort of way and work together. And But you have that, and you have the true antagonists, the police. The police find out about this and they're going to be hunting down Sajimoto because Sajimoto ends up hurting one of them and it becomes a whole huge fight where they're hunting him down to find out where the gold is and it's this great race for who's going to get the gold first. So you have this madcap story for are they going to get all the guys? Are they going to find the gold? Who knows what's going to happen? Well, it's been 20 volumes and I don't think they're ever going to reveal what happens. So like most Fetch Quest series, I think it's now about the journey, not the end goal. Even though I would love to see where this ends up. Who knows? The design and artwork is beautiful. I've got to say, seeing the tattoos, they're all very unique and intricate. You don't understand how they work together at first. I'm guessing later in the series you actually see how they work out. There's some scenes of the black bear, and it looks menacing and scary. It's not a cute little bear. It's like a scary bear. It looks like they took the the artist to a zoo and had him just draw like a foot away. It's so realistic, and I love the design of it. Characters are done well. Sajimoto, he's wearing that Maoist hat and just a military jacket. Very simple design. And Aspera is... Dressed like an Ainu, and it works really well. If you've ever seen Ashitaka from Princess Mononoke, kind of that style of clothes. So it's the old school robe, leggings, big fur boots, bow and arrow. Looks kind of like a step from the past. And that contrast works really well between them to kind of mix their styles up so far. And I'm intrigued. It's a series with a unique plot. It has great characters, and it has a premise which is different enough from others to work out, but it's got a lot of tropes that you're familiar with for some of these, like I said, fetch quest series. So I'm a little on the fence. So for that reason, I'm going to have to give this Borrow from a Friend and Don't Return Unless Offered Pocky. It's good. It's a well-thought-out series that I think will unfortunately wear out its welcome because the plot seems to be going nowhere. Like Oishimbo, like so many other series where it has a fetch quest. 
It's just going to keep going on and on and on and on, and they're never going to get to the end of it. And it may get a little annoying. Now, I could be wrong. I think the better part of it might be the action, because it is an action-adventure. But for me, I do like that story element, and I think that's going to be a detriment. I'm going to read a couple other volumes. I'm going to update this review eventually, and I'll tell you if I'm still reading this or not. But right now, really, really, really fun. Uh, it's not really, really, really fucking cool. Borrow from a friend. And no return unless offered Pocky. It's good. It's decent. It's fun. If you disagree with me, email me. Zanspirekin.com Or message me at Twitter. At Spirekin. Let me know. So, remember to check out any of our early episodes. www.spirekin.com Email me personally. Zanspirekin.com I'm excited for this new year. And let's get to the part you've all been waiting for. This is the first one of 2020. So, I gotta do this right. We're talking about that one. That only the Wheel of Manga! Yes, friends, a Wheel of Manga, except no substitute. Now, what is the Wheel of Manga? Is it a mysterious device that was created by some crazy person? Perhaps. But more importantly, it is a Wheel of Fortune with 10 slots on it. What I've done is I've assigned a manga title to each of the 10 slots. So we're going to spin this wheel. Whatever number it lands on, that's a review in the next episode of the Spirekin Manga Review. Episode Tree Fitty. 350. We've made it halfway through 700. And I'm kind of happy about that. But So let's spin to review in the next episode. Still love how what design this is. Okay. Number 10. Ooh. I kind of like this one. So in the next episode, I'm reviewing a manga about being a customer service representative, i.e. a retail salesman, specifically in a special type of store, a store that I would love. We're talking about a bookstore. So it's a story about book selling, but more importantly, it's about the main bookseller himself or herself. We're talking about skull-faced bookseller Honda-san. I'm excited. I actually have never read this series. I've heard about it and actually saw a cosplayer dressed up as Honda-san. But I don't know what the series is about, so I'm intrigued. I do know it's about manga. But we're going to see. So I guess that's it for this episode. And again, Happy New Year. Hope you guys are doing well. Thank you guys for listening and continuing to listen. Spread our message to your friends. Have them listen to us. If you want to subscribe and follow us on our various social media sites, that would be really appreciated. And finally, if you want to do something cool for us, Go to tinyurl.com forward slash helpzan, H-E-L-P-X-A-N, and leave us a comment on Apple iTunes and Apple Podcasts. Rate our show. Give us a high rating and let us know what you like about this podcast. Let us know. It's kind of a tip in the tip jar and kind of gives me a little bit of the fuzzies. It makes me continue wanting to do this podcast because I love doing it, but I want to do it forever. Thank you guys for listening, and I guess that's it. So with that in mind, this is your host, Zan. I'm Gonzo. Catch you guys next time and keep reading mine.